all the goth DJs and Twitch witches are hanging out on Thursday for the bad VHS rips, unblinking eyes, and fire by night. Thetans and Satans comes from an interest in the cult of Scientology, moral panics, Satanism, and how they set the tone for the extremist social media panics of today. We really earn our weird left Twitch badge with this show, watching the world go red light in reverse every Thursday at 9 p.m. Pacific on twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Find our full schedule at echoplexmedia.com. The internet is a big dumpster. Fuck off, Jericho! I don't wanna hear it! Fuck off, Jericho! Read it to the lyrics! Still 
everybody welcome to the plex we do the show live every sunday at 7 p.m pacific right here on twitch that's twitch.tv slash echoplex media and since this show falls on the first day of the month we're going to go ahead and give this one out as a freebie so if you're listening on the podcast feed maybe head on over to patreon.com slash echoplex you can download the audio or the video capture um though i am a little tired so i don't know how uh, long the post game will be tonight but we'll see speaking of being tired thank you very much to uh, ebm worldwide for having me uh, play not just Friday night, but also Saturday night in their raid train. We raised a bunch of money for DJ Gold out of Florida for some medical expenses. That's great. EBM Worldwide is a great organization focusing mostly on goth and darker type of music, but they let a little of me play sometimes too, because that's fun. If you'd like to support this project, go on over to echoplexmedia.com, hit the support tab. There's a lot of great ways to support us. They're the best ways, the swag, and all month long, our Halloween collection this free shipping with the code Halloween 2023, all caps at checkout. That's at eplex.store. And uh, I'm producer Dave. You can find me on Grinder. This is what the people want. I don't hate the cops. And there's a person inside when the truncheon stops. I don't hate the cops. Oh, when the raiders come, who will protect the shops? Don't hate the cops. They're a sensitive bunch If you don't stop throwing your rocks Snap, crackle, pop It's the sound of a taser Your body drops Donate the cops Donate the cops Donate the cops Donate the cops Thank your local police Cause they don't do nothing wrong Thank your local police Got rid of the corruption and the racism is gone They've been keeping the peace Keeping homeless folks out of the parks and malls Got a cure for your social disease Follow the law, don't hate the cops 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 said a bunch of weird shit this week at his events, so we're going to go over that first.
Um, here he is. Uh, I believe this is in uh, South Carolina. And um, yeah, here he is saying some weird shit. Well, the season starts. We start in Iowa. We go to New Hampshire. We come down here. You know, the beauty was when I came here, everyone thought Bush was going to win. And then they took a poll and they found out Trump was up by about 50 points. Everyone said, what's going on right here? They thought Bush, because Bush supposedly was a military person. Great. You know what? He was a military. He got us into the uh, he got us into the Middle East. How did that work out? Right. <laughs> but they different Bush friend. Uh, Bush might win. Jeb. Remember Jeb? He used he used the word Jeb. He didn't use the word Bush. I said, you mean he's ashamed of the last name? And then they immediately started using the name Bush. Never forget it. But we came. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Oh, wow. 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 That guy's, I mean, he's usually, but wow, that was wild. First of all, he got it. He got his bushes confused. And then he's like, oh, you know, Jeb Bush, I uh, never uh, actually used uh, the, the last name Bush ever. Like, like as if he, as if Jeb Bush, isn't like one of the biggest fucking Nepo babies that we've ever seen. Yeah. Never used his last name. Uh, not at all. Nobody knew his last name. Just Jeb. Just Jeb. Here's more. Yeah. He, uh, here's him urging people not to watch the next uh, GOP debate, and then Fox cutting away from it. They ought to stop wasting their time. You know, they're wasting a lot of time with these ridiculous debates that nobody's watching. Their last debate was the lowest-rated debate in history. That's a good compliment, isn't it? Now, what was I doing, Marjorie? I was someplace else, wasn't I? Huh? I was doing another interview. We had 271 million people listening to the Tucker Carlson interview. That's an all time. So here we are uh, back. <laughs> Fox is like, nope. Campaign season. We are now just four months away from the Iowa primaries. And you see former President Trump in a place where you would expect to see him today and in the days to come, South Carolina, which will be uh, the third major primary that will <laughs> They're see like, cut away from this. Iowa cut away from this. We'll go to South Carolina. <laughs> that's amazing that's amazing also those numbers on uh, twitter for people watching uh, events and stuff are like overblown because if it just like auto plays on your feed um it counts as a view so okay this next one i this the post just says i cannot breathe i don't know what he's talking about it might be something we already saw i don't know because there was a lot of clips from this from the South Carolina event from a lot of different people. But you have a better chance of being struck by lightning than hitting a whale with your boat. Wait, what? There has only been, listen to this, one such whale killed off the coast of South Carolina in the last 50 years. But on the other hand, their windmills are causing whales to die in numbers never seen before. Nobody does anything about that. They're washing up and show. I saw it this weekend. Three of them came up. They wouldn't you wouldn't see it once a year. Now they're coming up. Somebody needs to show this guy that famous Hamburglar Dan Hunchback Whale clip. He would probably think the windmill did that. On a weekly basis, the windmills are driving them crazy. They're driving, they're driving the whales, I think, a little batty. And <laughs> Remember when he was talking about windmill cancer and shit, too? Like, he doesn't like windmills, or uh, as, a, as they're more uh, accurately known, wind turbines for uh, energy. doesn't like them. <laughs> here's another here's here's more i think this is actually from um yeah this is from the california from the ca uh, gop i think i actually have the whole thread of that yeah 
So we're going to go through some of this. My understanding is that this is that that as a as Youth Decay said, we could have very well put this into a red light. Anyway, here's a here's just there's just a bunch of clips. I don't think we'll watch all of them, but here this is of course it's from RSBN, and this is in Santa Monica, California, where I'm quite sure that people don't really like him. Santa Monica is not exactly a conservative place, but it is a place Trump would probably want to go. Okay. Are you yes. going to go your Monday? Are you going to go your I may. I may. Yeah. You, you play the testimony. It's a disgrace. You play the testimony. It's a rigged. Everything about this city is rigged. You said you said that you'd like to. It's all rigged. This whole country is rigged now. Would you like to? This whole country is rigged. Country is rigged. Everything. The whole thing. Whole country is rigged now. If you notice, he was asked if he was going to go to the hearing. Uh, I believe it's uh, next. This coming Thursday. And he said he might go, and then he, they were. At, then he was asked if he was going to testify, and then he was like, "The whole country's rigged. It's all rigged." I mean, things are kind of rigged, but they're like rigged in the favor of rich people, not against rich people. Um, here's another clip from the from the lobby before he even went to give his speech. Your thoughts on the looming shutdown of of the United States government right now? Well, you have to take care of the border. I mean, you know, we want to take care of the border. We want to have a closed border. We don't want people coming in from mental institutions, from prisons. And I can see exactly what's happening. The Democrats don't want to do it. They want to ruin our country. And they're going to have to make certain concessions. But when you have a border like this, when you have all of the, what the damage has done to the military with the woke military, uh, you look at... Uh, the woke military most horrible period of time, I think, in the country's history in terms of embarrassment. Uh, the, uh, the Republicans are going to have to get tough. When you look at what they've done to weaponize elections, what a disgrace that is. So, uh, I don't know. It looks like it's maybe not going to work out. We have to close up our border. We have to have fair elections. Close up the border, a fair election. If they don't do that, we don't have a country. So it doesn't matter. Okay? Are you yes. going to Okay. Like how he ends it, okay? He's been doing that a lot lately. I don't know, is that new? I think it might be new for him. Here's uh, Trump talking about uh, General Miley, who, uh, <laughs> who bucked a little bit when Trump tried to do some stuff. General was like, nah. General Miley's a ghoul, by the way. Not like It's not like uh, he's some kind of great guy, but he still, uh, still bucked a little bit on Trump. And, uh, Wonderful website you got here, Twitter. Let's see if we can get this to play. <coughs> there we go. Today, at his retirement ceremony, said, quote, we don't take an oath from a wannabe 50. Well, General Milley, what he did out. is really treasonous. If you look at what he said to China, uh, he's either stupid or it's treason. But what he said to China should never be allowed. That can never be allowed in our country. Did you suggest and you know what, General Milley, General Milley, who I know, is a lazy guy, who left billions and billions of dollars worth of equipment with the Taliban. General Milley's a lazy guy who's not very smart. But what, Ge what General Milley did to China and with China is a disgrace. And but frankly, there are that? many people that would call it treason. But why yeah. Thank that? you very much. But he got some Senator Feinstein. <laughs> I don't know what he did with China, but it was treasonous, apparently. <laughs> There's one where a reporter asked him if he overstated the size of his own apartment. <laughs> oh my god. 
The lying about how many square feet your own apartment is is a, a fucking new level of stupidity. Did you overstate the value of your property, sir? No, no, Scott Hall is that a coward. Why did you overstate the size of your Trump Tower apartment by twenty thousand square feet? Why can't you read that? Why can't you, can you remember? Why do you read that? Wait. So why did can you, you remember? So why did you overstate the size of your apartment by twenty thousand square feet? My financial statements, just to you, by the way. My financial statements are much lower than the actual net worth. This judge and your fake attorney general of New York, who's driving business out, who's letting murderers run all over the city. They don't do anything to murderers that are running all over the city. The attorney general is a racist, Letitia James. I like how the reporter just keeps asking the question. Thoughts on uh, a lot of topics here. I like. I love how that reporter just kept trying to ask the fucking question. They're like, "I'm not doing this with you." Oh, here we go. Here's uh, the host of RSBN. He gets mad at somebody in the crowd and tries to like. He suggests to Trump that he's going to actually uh, throw the person out from the crowd. <laughs> This guy from RSBN is just such a D rider. I mean, a D for Donald, obviously, not not something else. They're pressed. Donald, why is there only a hundred people here? I thought you were popular. Why are there's only a hundred people here? I thought you were popular. Oh, we're gonna start this over. That was pretty good. They're pressed. Donald, why is there only a hundred people here? I thought you were popular. Why are you? Why are you? Are you? Hey, hey, go home. Hey, are you? Are you an idiot or what? There's like a hundred people. Why don't you get the hell out of here? What are you doing here? What are you? You don't think it's popular? This guy's an idiot, President Trump. This guy's an idiot. I'm gonna throw his ass out of here. I'm gonna throw his ass out of here. He's an idiot. All right, let's get over. Some guy. You can't go. You can't. I mean, if if he's on a public street, I don't think you can throw him out of anywhere. Some guy was heckling in there. Look at this support you have here in california it's amazing people are lying in the street like a hundred people god bless you we we support you you know that you know that thank you very much all right marjorie the gathering's boyfriend is weird marjorie the gathering's boyfriend is fucking weird he's like i'm gonna throw this guy out of here so that was that was pretty wild that was the scene outside and now we have some of the scene inside just one clip, though. Just I think I actually got two clips. Here is uh, he's talking about uh, dampening our forests with water. Uh, <laughs> if you had dampened floor, oh my god, this is almost as bad as like uh, like raking the forest. Check this out. And I said, man, we're, we're sending billions of dollars to California for forest fires. Their forests are burning down. And I was with uh, a gentleman, a very top person in Austria. He said, sir, we have more flammable trees than you do on your coast. We don't have forest fires. We have land management. They take care of the land. They pick up the dead trees. You know, a tree doesn't burn very easily unless it's dead. Then it gets dry and it burns. The leaves on the ground, they're five feet thick over here. They clean the, the floor. And everybody said, oh, how ridiculous management of a forest. You know, they all said, like, what the hell? But they don't have forest fires. and." properly run locations what we have is is horrible and we can actually dampen our forests with water that costs us nothing that will come pouring down from the north wouldn't that be nice if you had dampened floors you wouldn't have forest fires so 
We'll, we'll, Why are people clapping for this craziness? But I couldn't convince this guy, Gavin, to do it because he's an environmental maniac, only for political reasons. You know, he's no dummy. He knows it's wrong. He knows what. Dampen the floor with water that costs us nothing? I mean, I don't have to tell people here that that doesn't make any fucking sense, right? The state of California is rigged. There's no way in this state that um, that that you know Trump could have possibly lost a re-election. But we're not going to lose by five. We're going to win. We would win. I don't believe it when they say it, but the state is rigged. It's a rigged election. It's a horrible thing, and we have to turn it back. This is a state that the right Republican can win, and I think actually win easily. And all you have to do is you look at, go outside and look at what's going on in the streets outside. And it's with love, too. Tremendous love. There's not a lot of people. There's no people that are negative, actually. No way we lose this state in a real election. If this was a real election, there's no way. If we had a real election with the real polling booths, if you had real polling, you don't have any polling booths. You have people signing something, dropping it in a mail. Then who the hell knows what happens after that? It's ridiculous. But if we had polling booths, same We know what happens to it after that. You can actually track it. ...ID and no mail-in ballots other than for those who are legitimately very sick or in faraway military, we would win this state by a lot. And I don't know why more people aren't bringing that up and talking about it. So if we prevent people from voting, we might win. All right, dude. Oh no, the, the, his mission, uh, if he, on the fucking, his first thing, order of business, uh, if he gets reelected, well, check this out. This is his first order of business. Left the mission to help you liberate California from communist rule begins at noon on inauguration day, 2025, 2025. We got to make. I'll tell you, the election of 24 is the single most important election in the history of our country. I used to say it about 16. It's the most important, and it was. But this is more important because we're going to lose our country. Our country is going to hell. Our country is being destroyed. Together, we will take on the ultra left wing liars, losers, creeps, perverts, and freaks who are devouring the future of this state like a swarm of locusts. Like a swarm of locusts. This is this is amazing. Here, there's there's a ton of this. We'll we'll watch maybe one more here. Uh, this one's about um this this one's about farmers and people in Beverly Hills who want to take long showers. But it's it doesn't do any good because Newsom and any Democrat governor they won't allow us to have water. You know you have massive amounts of water coming down from up north. So I said, all right, I can understand about the water, but I don't understand why would they do that? Why are these patches so magnificently green? And it's a very small percentage of the land. They go, well, they allow us to water only these small areas, but most of the farmland, they don't let us even touch. They won't let us touch it. If I could do it, it would be billions of billions if they, if they changed this. And we worked on it, and I'll explain that. 
It would be billions and billions of extra dollars coming into the state and coming into our country. And we have the water. And I said, what about a desalinization plant? Well, people don't like them because, you know. I said, what about a nice, big, beautiful des... But they said... It's not that people don't like them, it's that they're inefficient. We don't really need it, sir. We have so much water, we wouldn't know what to do with it. I said, explain, please. And I'm looking at this dry stuff. I said, explain. So much water, but up north they have a valve. Do you ever see the valve? A massive valve, like your kitchen valve, but multiply it times 10,000. It's the size of this room. And all the water gets turned out and turned into the Pacific Ocean. Do you know that? You have so much water? What? So sad to see this. I mean, these people, it's so stupid. But they don't want the water to come down all the way to Los Angeles and the Central Valley where we're constantly forced to ration. You have droughts. We're rich people in Beverly Hills. We don't feel so sorry for them, but I do actually. You know, they pay millions of dollars in taxes. They're taking a shower. They're told to hurry up. You're only allowed a small amount of water when they take a shower. That's why rich people from Beverly Hills, generally speaking, don't smell so good, you know? <laughs> Typically. What? Never notice. They're not great. Their hygiene is not good, but it's forced to be. <coughs> what the shit? So when you meet somebody with a beautiful house in Beverly Hills, you know that person is sort of disgusting under there. That was weird. Did, did he think he was going to like that that district was going to vote for him in 2020 and they didn't or something? That was fucking weird. Um, I don't think that there's a valve somewhere with water that could be used for crops or Beverly Hills showers that they're like, ah, fuck it. And then just dumping it into the ocean. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what he's talking about there. Up next, we got a, we got a no shit moment with uh, Nancy Pelosi on MSNBC. I'm fucking so, these people, yeah, they just come on, come on TV and state the obvious and act like they're doing something. This weekend on, uh, on his failed social media site, Donald Trump openly mused at the execution of Joint Chiefs Chairman Mark Milley. This was quite shocking to me. What was your reaction to that? My reaction is not so much to him, but to the people who support him. I respect the differences of opinion that exist in our, our society and it's from the beginning of our country. That's what a democracy is about. People have different views, they debate them, and you put it before the public, they make a decision, you go forward. But to engage in language like that uh, should be something that would, would eliminate somebody as a, as a prospect for any public office. General Milley, patriot in our country, was very courageous in the military, on the battlefield, and in the public arena in the White House. And uh, I'm, I'm saddened <laughs> to hear that a former president would say that. Just another argument why he should never have been in the White House and should never be there again. Twice impeached, once defeated, how many times indicted? Counts. Yeah. <laughs> Speaker Pelosi. Um, yeah. I mean, she's keenly stating the obvious, but maybe she's not so keenly stating it. It's just like, it's like, lady, you need to do the work and you need to do what you need. You need to do things to attract new voters and you guys need to stand for something. You can't just be the Trump is bad party. If you're just the Trump is bad party, you're only going, it's going to be a squeaker again. It'll probably be a squeaker anyway, but at least fucking like get, 
keep the fucking party together and um, like make some policy changes. Scoot to the left a little bit. It won't kill you. Um, here we got, uh, Rachel Maddow. I usually don't play clips of her, but this is a one-on-one with Cassidy Hutchinson. Cassidy Hutchinson is the, uh, is the, the woman who alleges that, uh, Rudy Giuliani groped her on January 6th. We got a statement from a, a spokesperson for Mr. Meadows tonight. Um, not sort of just vaguely casting aspersions at you, most of the statement, um, but then saying much of her claims in this book about Mr. Meadows are otherwise um, are filled with half-truths, falsehoods, and purposefully omitting context to sell books. Um, Mr. Meadows essentially just casting aspersions on your character, um, saying that you are making things up out of whole cloth in order to make money. You worked so closely with him um, for a long time, but you also describe in the book that you never really trusted him. And there are several instances you describe in which he flat out lied to you, even on that close working matters where you should have been on the same side. Um, I should just ask for a response to you from that, for that statement and, and ask you what you think happened between you and Mark Meadows. I don't think there was anything necessarily negative to happen between me and Mark Meadows. I was very outspoken after January 6th mm -hmm. about how I felt about it. Mark and I also knew that we were two different people, and that's okay. You know, I we regularly talked about it. We would regularly joke about it that I was more moderate than he was, but we, we did, in large part, work well together. More ideologically moderate. Yes, yeah. yes, ideologically yeah. moderate, uh, more so than he was. But, you know, putting that aside, that in an environment like that, it, that doesn't matter as much. Um, in terms of his statement, you know, I would encourage him to go testify under oath if he thinks that what is in the book and what I have testified to under oath, which is consistent with, with what is in the book. He can go testify under oath if he has strong feelings about that. Were you disappointed that the Justice Department elected not to prosecute him for contempt of Congress when he ignored the congressional subpoena that you responded to from the January 6th investigation? I'll leave it to Mr. Meadows and his team to respond to that. What I will say is I hope that Mark is now doing the right thing. What I define as the right thing, which is coming forth and honoring your oath that you swore to prevent to protect your country, not your president. So we'll see what happens with all this. Um, there's two things going on. One, <clears throat> she did testify in front of the J6 uh, committee and so had some pretty damning things to say about uh, her former boss, Mark Meadows. But also, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's, that's the woman who allegedly uh, Rudy Giuliani played grab ass with on January 6th. Not great. So we're going to play a few clips from the uh, first House GOP impeachment hearing um, for uh, Joe Biden here. Didn't really go so well from what I'm hearing. I don't, I don't watch this stuff, but I do like the clips. I do like the clips. All right, so let's get it straight. We're 62 hours away from shutting down the government of the United States of America, and Republicans are launching an impeachment drive based on a long debunked and discredited lie. No foreign enemy has ever been able to shut down the government of the United States, but now mega Republicans are about to do just that. 
but they don't want to cut off public services to the people and deny paychecks to more than a million service members without first launching an impeachment drive, even when they don't have a shred of evidence against President Biden for an impeachable offense. And you think I'm being harsh? Here's what some Republicans have had to say over the last week about the actions of the Republicans as they watch up close, quote, the dysfunction caucus at work, in the words of our GOP colleague from Nebraska, Don Bacon. Clown show, foolishness, terribly misguided, stupidity, failure to lead, lunatics, disgraceful, new low, pathetic, enabling Chairman Xi, people that have serious issues, those folks don't have a plan, show just how broken they are, and individuals that just want to burn the whole place down. Now, if I said any of these things, they'd probably take my words down, but these are Republicans talking about Republicans. So let's be clear, this isn't partisan warfare America's seeing today, it is chaotic infighting between Republicans and Republicans. It's mega versus extreme mega, as if anybody in the real world could tell the difference between the two. What a staggering failure of leadership. Yeah, this is gonna be good, uh, because I don't think they have the fucking votes, right? No matter what happens here, this this clown show that they're going to do, I don't think they have the votes because they have like a fairly slim majority in the House. And those a lot of those statements were made by members of the House. So I don't think they have the votes. And so I my guess is that this is never going to actually come to a vote because what a fucking disaster for them, right? If they go through all this and then their own people, they can't even get their own people to vote for it. Like what a fucking disaster for them. I'm here for it. But man, I don't think they're, I don't think it's going to go to a vote. I think... This is all kind of smoke and mirrors to distract uh, from one to try to distract from what's going on with Donald Trump, but then also the uh, <clears throat> the 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 shutdown that was looming. That thankfully that didn't happen, and uh, we have a couple weeks. There's a couple weeks until we get to have this fight again, and um, it'll be very interesting to see uh, what happens going forward. Because, like I said, I don't think they have the votes. Here's more. This is uh, more of a uh, Mr. Raskin. Speaker McCarthy's invertebrate appeasement of the most fanatical elements of his conference now threatens the well-being of every American. Now, some people <clears throat> think the members of the GOP caucus aren't interested in anything logical. They just want to see the world burn, as Alfred Pennyworth put it in the dark night. But I see a method in the madness. A week ago, Donald Trump posted a comment saying that a government shutdown, quote, is the last chance to defund these political prosecutions against me and other patriots. You get it? To delay justice, Donald Trump would cut off paychecks to a couple million service members and federal workers and furlough more than a million workers and pay them later for having not worked. They would halt food assistance to millions of moms and kids and keep NIH in my district from enrolling any more patients in life and death clinical research trials. Trump's convinced that if we shut the government down, his four criminal prosecutions on 91 different felony 
and misdemeanor charges will be defunded and delayed long enough to keep him from having to go before a jury of his peers before the 2024 election. And like flying monkeys on a mission for the wicked witch of the West, Trump's followers in the House now carry his messages out to the world, shut down the government, shut down the prosecutions. But the cult master has another command for his followers, which brings us here today. On August 27th, he posted this edict, either impeach the bum or fade into oblivion. They did it to us. Of course, the standard for impeachment is not whether they did it to us, but whether the president committed treason or bribery or other high crimes and misdemeanors. But the Constitution's irrelevant to them. What counts is what Donald Trump wants. As Republican Representative Ken Buck, a Freedom Caucus member, told CNN the other day, President Trump has gone on his social media account and said we should be impeaching President Biden. Kevin McCarthy said we have an impeachment inquiry. You draw the conclusion, directly or indirectly, this impeachment inquiry was a result of President Trump's pressure. <sighs> this is wild. First of all, <clears throat> some of the stuff is state, so it's not going to matter if they if the federal government shuts down, right? The Georgia one, the, and I think that's the I think that's the one where he's most likely to go down. The one in Georgia, that's a state matter, not a federal matter. So the uh, <clears throat> that's not going to that's not going to stop. So we'll we'll see what happens here. We'll we'll run one more clip here. Here is a here's a, a commentary by a professor, Professor Garrard, to uh, take apart the uh, impeachment inquiry. You can watch this whole thing, by the way. I think it's on C-SPAN. You can find it on the C-SPAN website if you want to see the whole thing. Qualified so far, by the way, nothing about President Biden. Third, there were executives who asked Hunter Biden for help. Again, not yet any proof about any kind of complicity of President Biden. And lastly, Joe Biden gave a speech. If that's what exists as a basis for this inquiry, it is not sufficient. I say that with all, uh, uh, with all respect. And I think that that is part of the problem, I think, and many Americans think, uh, may exist with respect to these proceedings. A second safeguard is the Fifth Amendment Due Process Clause. It requires fundamental fairness. And I think in these proceedings, something has happened to President Biden that was said to have happened to President Trump in 2019. And that is, the burden has flipped to President Biden to prove his innocence. Any further investigation is being done to ensure that Mr. Biden has to prove his innocence rather than the committee being able to connect the dots in a convincing and persuasive way. It's not me you have to persuade. It's the American people whose trust um, you deserve and whose trust you have to maintain. A third principle is judicial review. And here I would just remind the committee about the Supreme Court's decision in Trump versus Mazars. The court said about this committee that in fact, it has to conduct an investigation for a legitimate purpose. A fishing expedition is not a legitimate purpose. Moreover, the court in Trump versus Mazars said that it is not a legitimate purpose for the House or House committee to be conducting the function of law enforcement. And I heard many references here to criminal misbehavior, to whether or not somebody should be thrown in jail, uh, criticisms of a prosecutor, Mr. Weiss, that sounds to me like 
an attempt to really substitute for um, the proper legitimate proceedings of the House. Um, yep, <clears throat> this guy seems uh, pretty on point here. Um, I hear from chat that there's actually one more clip that we should definitely check out. So I'll, I'll go. We'll go ahead and do that. And uh, this is is Jasmine Crockett at this very same hearing. President of the United States has committed. But when we start talking about things that look like evidence, they want to act like they blind. They don't know what this is. These are our national secrets. Looks like in the shitter to me. <laughs> this looks like more evidence of our national secrets, say on a stage at Mar-a-Lago. When we're talking about somebody that's committed high crimes, it's at least indictments. Let's say 32 counts related to unauthorized retention of national security secrets, seven counts related to obstructing the investigation, three false statements, one count of conspiracy to defraud the United States, falsifying business records, conspiracy to defraud the United States, two counts related to efforts to obstruct the vote certification proceedings, one count of conspiracy to violate civil rights, 23 counts related to forgery or false document statements, eight counts related to soliciting and I could go on because he's got 91 counts pending right now but I will tell you what the president has been guilty of he has unfortunately been guilty of loving his child unconditionally and that is the only evidence that they have brought forward and honestly I hope and pray that my parents love me half as much as he loves his child until they find some evidence we need to get back to the people's work which means keeping this government open so that people don't go hungry in the streets of the United States and I will yield fucking fantastic yeah that was good we, we we definitely need i i feel like um there's there's a way in which that sort of uh, leads kind of inches up to what aboutism um but i mean with the if there's no evidence like for like impeaching joe biden or whatever then i mean just use the time for whatever you're going to use the time for because there no evidence you don't gotta you know there's not much else for you to do there and like I said, I don't think the Republicans, I don't think they have enough votes. I don't think they're all their own people are going to vote for it. I think there's enough of them in like, um, like sort of purple districts or swing districts that this is actually, this actually would look really bad for them to vote for and it would drive turnout for their opponent. So, uh, here's representative Jason Smith of Missouri being questioned, um, about the, the, this investigation and, uh, he didn't, doesn't really like the questions very much. This is a Republican from Missouri. Mr. Chairman, uh, a question just about the timing of all of this. Uh, you're talking about a two-tiered system of justice. If I'm not mistaken, August 7th, 2020, Bill Barr was the attorney general and Donald Trump was the president. So explain to me where the two-tiered system of justice comes into play. And then the WhatsApp message you have, I believe, is dated June 6, 2017. Joe Biden is not vice president or even a candidate for president at that time. So where is the direct connection to some sort of criminal malfeasance within these two pieces of evidence? Well, I think the facts speak for themselves. There's over 700 pages of examples of where people should be very concerned. When you're talking about um, uh, the, what was your first question? The timing of this is August 7th, 2020. Bill Barr's the attorney general. Oh. Donald Trump's the president. Yeah, and Leslie Wolf is a career employee. She was not a political appointee, and she was the one obstructing the investigation. It doesn't matter who's in the White House. We need to make sure that the Department of Justice works for all people and doesn't treat 
those who are politically connected are wealthy much differently. <laughs> All the balls to get up there and say that. Several examples that came forward by the two IRS whistleblowers that proves that people are treated differently because they're politically but connected. But haven't you suggested that Donald, Joe Biden being the president now is unfairly treating Donald Trump in his indictments? What I'm talking about is the 700 pages that we have before us, which is all the information that came from the IRS whistleblowers, and that's what we're releasing right now. And I'll tell you, I would encourage everyone in this room to look at those 700 pages. If you think it's okay with what's in it, then we live on two different planets. Can you explain the timing then of the August 6th WhatsApp message? Why is that evidence of some wrongdoing? I'm not an expert on the timeline. I would love to have... Um, President Biden and his family to tell us about all the timelines because it's really, really uh, unfortunate that we see so many meetings and so many phone calls uh, that involved uh, around official activity that the vice president has been participating in and then big sums of money follows later. But if he's not the president or the vice president at that time, where, where's the wrongdoing? He wasn't even a candidate for president at that time. He was a candidate. In, on, in August 6th of so 2017? Apparently, uh, apparently, what source are you with? I'm with NBC. So apparently you'll never believe us. I'm not saying um, I don't believe you. I'm that, asking you for, I'm asking you a very direct This question. is like a pretty good question because <clears throat> the impeachment is generally for your behavior as president. Or if you were, um, you know, I guess they could impeach a vice president too, right? Um, and this was uh, 2017. Oh, Trump was president. So yeah, he may be, you, you think powerful people with political connections don't peddle their influence? Oh, they do. And it's probably not illegal. And, uh, and then if they later become president, well, they have a, a different standard to abide by. But, uh, well, he wasn't the president. While it's shitty, and maybe we should uh, make some laws about that, um, I'm pretty sure your in, impeachment uh, is generally reserved for your behavior as president. You presented a piece of evidence that you say came on August 6, 2017, that demonstrates that Joe Biden was using political influence to help his son. If Which, he wasn't a political figure at that time, the first WhatsApp message you put up, where, the, where you talk about the brand, and I'm not, I, I'm here, I'm, my, my, I'm completely open-minded about this. I'm asking you specifically, how does that demonstrate that there's some sort of political influence being put over him if at that time he is not a political, he's not an elected official. I'm definitely not going to pinpoint one item. I think we've outlined. You presented it. You're, you know, <laughs> it's the first thing that you brought up. So apparently you don't agree with it. So it's not that I don't agree with it. I'm with asking it. you to explain it. I'll take the next question. I'm, that's, that's pretty good reporter. Uh, I kind of like hearing um, uh, reporters, journalists, people asking questions get like obviously exasperated with the response they get. I know it's kind of unprofessional and it, it like, um, you know, leads people to believe that maybe the person isn't objective or whatever, but that that's a, that's a lot of human going on there. He's like, man, I'm just asking you this question. He's like, this seems a little weird to me. Can't really peddle your influence as the president. Uh, if you haven't even, if it's, if you just got out of the vice president's office and the next election is uh, three and a half years away and you're not even sure you're going to run yet. Yeah, you can peddle your influence as like a former vice president. But again, I don't think that's illegal. And we should maybe 
maybe start thinking about that stuff and maybe maybe work on ways to uh, discourage people either via the legal system or some other way from doing that kind of shit. But that's not his, his actions as an elected official. And I'm not even sure if peddling your influence in that way is illegal. Anyway, here's a Vivek Ramaswamy. One of his first actions as president. Oh, you just, you just, you'll have to hear it to believe it. And then I'm going to pick up the phone and I'm going to have a phone call with Claudia Scheinbaum or whoever it is that wins the next Mexican presidential election. I'm grateful that AMLO is going to be out. Mexico has an election in 2024. Whether it's Scheinbaum or somebody else who wins that election, I'm going to reset the relationship and say, listen up. For a tiny fraction, and it will be a tiny fraction of what we have already spent in Ukraine, we can help you, Mexico, regain your sovereignty from the Mexican drug cartels who are spilling over into our own homeland here. But if you don't do it, then we will come in and get the job done ourselves. Because the fact of the matter is, it's like if you have a neighbor who has a dog that comes over to your yard and keeps biting your family members repeatedly. If they keep repeatedly doing that, at some point you can take a shotgun and shoot that dog. That's legitimate, legal, morally, ethically justified. And I think the same thing applies to a country to our south that has lost its sovereignty to the Mexican drug cartels. And we're going to have to defend ourselves if necessary. Well, you know, the going after the dog that crosses the line in, in military terms is called hot pursuit. And I think that's what you're describing. Mm-hmm. I think. Yo, um, I don't know. Like if there, there may be, you know, clandestine operations down there uh, being uh, done by the United States to disrupt the actions of people we believe are drug cartels or other people we don't like. In fact, uh, there may be is the wrong way to say it. There certainly are not just in Mexico, but <clears throat> historically we've been doing that in South America for a very long time up to and including fucking causing a coup. But, um, Doing it openly is actually, that's called war. You were declaring war on the, the, the nation of Mexico. And um, I think you'd be hard-pressed to get the fucking military to do that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think you'd be hard-pressed to get Congress to vote for it. And I think the military might buck if you'd be like, oh, we need to just go uh, do a war in Mexico. I feel like the military might, the military leadership might just be like, no. that's like our our neighbor and historically like one of america's best friends has been mexico like people don't t- people don't think about that a lot but mexico has been like america's like a uh, friend for a very long time we have like very gen like historically we uh, like you know after basically after the 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 mexican-american war after that historically we've had very good relationships with them like diplomatically and whatever and we've been homies you don't do that. Anyway, uh, here's Ted Cruz going to, I don't know, I guess talk about Michelle Obama and her, uh, and her parachute. I don't know. Here's what I predict, and this is something I said last week on my podcast, Verdict with Ted Cruz. I think the odds are very significant that next summer at the Democrat National Convention, that the Democrat Party will jettison Joe Biden, will throw him off the ticket, and they will parachute in instead Michelle Obama to be their candidate. I think they're going to look to Michelle Obama as the savior to come in. And and I think if that happens, that would be very, very dangerous. I think it'd be cool if she showed up. Like, she should should parachute in, not to, like, replace Joe Biden, but just fucking parachute in. 
be like, oh, I guess Ted Cruz was right. I've never used a parachute indoors before. That was a little scary. Hi, everybody. <laughs> like, uh, but, you know, but the, like they're, they keep talking about this, but she's like on the record saying she has no interest in running for office. She said that since like before she said that like, during Barack Obama's um, administration, she was asked about her her um, her future political ambition, and she her response was generally, "What future political ambition?" And like I, I tend to believe her. I think she's a credible person, and I don't think she has any interest in running for president. She's been called a man enough. I don't think she needs to be. I'm. I just don't think she's going to run. I believe her when she says she's not going to. These people, they just want her to run. I don't know why. I don't know. Whatever they want, some kind of theatrics to happen. I think um, the democratic like process, the process for the DNC is going to be uh, boring this time. Very boring. Anyway, here we got uh, Fox is the five, and they're going to talk about uh, Trump and Biden and uh, unions. And uh, one of their more liberal uh, pundits, uh, Harold Ford Jr., is going to say some weird shit. President Trump. Kellyanne, uh, well, first of all, Trace, thanks for having us in your wonderful You're studio. Welcome, welcome. Oh, this isn't the five. This is a special report. My mistake. Um, Kellyanne, what about the politics of this and seeing the president of the United States out on the picket line today? Well, he responded to Donald Trump saying he was going to go there first, that Trump is skipping the second debate and that he was going to go and be with the auto workers. So President Biden unfortunately, he was responding to that. I think it's too little, too late. The unions are very skeptical of Joe Biden compared to other Democrats, and they know that the Democratic Party writ large is abandoning those core principles that used to galvanize union households toward the party, Brett. Uh, China, obviously much more important, shipping jobs and wealth overseas. And of course, this climate extremism, that is hurting these auto workers and other unions. And by the way, Joe Biden spent one and a half hours, 90 minutes on the ground with them. Let's not be fooled by a bunch of B-roll and sound bites. He spent 90 minutes on the ground and then he's flying here to California for a fundraiser, probably to talk about electric vehicles. Yeah, that is a big deal. But but, okay, so like, um, what is she? Okay, uh, to talk about electric vehicles, um, Big three automakers are making electric vehicles. You heard the speaker talking about <coughs> what it means, the climate change policies of the Democrats, and how that affects workers, maybe more than this negotiation even does. Maybe. First of all, it is good to be in your house and good to Thank be around you. the table with you. <laughs> Two things. You're right. President Trump um, uh, deciding to be on the side of workers there in Detroit, in Michigan, and across the Midwest certainly influenced maybe President Biden. But what's going to be interesting to me is tomorrow night. Do Republican candidates on that state say that they would have gone? It'd be interesting to see if they get asked the question, is this a litmus test now for you? Wasn't one of Trump's appearances at a non-union shop? I swear one of those appearances he made was like at a non-union shop. Yeah, yeah. Two, I think the president, to your point, does have some issues when it comes to Bidenomics and the economy. Uh, You showed the numbers last night, Brett, some of the unfavorable ratings or should say lack of favorable ratings for the president on the economy and the border. Uh, These are things they're going to have to tackle or at least show that they have a plan to do. Every time Republicans look like they may be gaining a little favor, they stumble a bit. you got to keep the government open. If the government closes, history shows us that Republicans get blamed more than Democrats, particularly when they're in the majority. So the next few days are big for the government and big for the political parties as, as we go forward. Yeah, and we have these fancy walkouts of the candidates for the debate tomorrow. And as they get to their position... 
We have these fancy walkouts for the, like that, that clip was just, that was a dumpster fire in every sort of meaningful way. Um, Fox is trying to kind of walk this line, right? Cause they don't want to throw all in for Trump because like, honestly, I don't think most of the people there like, like him. I don't think he's bad for their brand in a lot of ways, especially I think the, uh, the C-suite there and whatever, they don't like him. And, you know, as well, they shouldn't, um, I think is in, not only is he bad for their brand short term, but long term, he's super bad for their brand, I think. Oh, and, uh, defending him costs them almost a billion dollars. So <clears throat> here's, a uh, Robert Reich on the Joy Reid show, uh, talking about, uh, the same thing and you'll, you'll hear a, a difference in tone and, uh, in content for sure. Joe Biden is the first president in history, including Franklin D. Roosevelt, yes. uh, to ever walk a picket line. And his words today were, I think, very significant. Can we put the video, the view up again, a VO again of, of Biden doing that? Because it is historic. And we need to pause on this history, um, Mr. Reich, because it, I think it's really important. Um, the fact that Biden showed up at that UAW picket line and said what he said, which is, the, the, you, you, there it is. You all built the, the work. You built the middle class. Unions built the middle class. And I just thought visually, it was an important reminder that when we say working class, that is a multiracial class of people. It's women. It's men. It's Latinos. It's black folks. It's not just white you know, working class people. It's white, black, everybody. That is the working class. They don't talk, people don't talk about that enough. And they are struggling against CEOs that make 400 times what they make. What do you make of this moment? Uh, also struggling, Joy, against Wall Street. I yes. thought it was very interesting uh, that Joe Biden said, you know, Wall Street did not create the middle class. You, you union workers, you created the middle class in America. Uh, and that's critical because, you see, this is the first president in certainly my lifetime that has said, in effect, whose side are you on? I'm on the side of the working class. Uh, and that's something that uh, other presidents, even Democratic presidents, have been very reluctant to do. Let me play really quick just to remind people what Donald Trump said and what he promised working people um, when he was running for president. Take a listen. Don't move. Don't sell your house. Don't sell your house. Do not sell it. We're going to get those values up. We're going to get those jobs coming back and we're going to fill up those factories or rip them down and build brand new ones. That was actually when he was already president. That was in July of 2017. And you know what happened, uh, Robert Reich? Those plants that he was talking about in Lordstown, they closed. The GM plants closed. These are the Chevy Cruze plants, uh, and they closed exactly. anyway. So it, he, he exactly. lied to those people. Well, look at he, he promised everybody was going to get a $4,000 raise. Everybody yeah. in America, he gave a huge tax cut to big corporations and the rich. It never happened. There was never any trickle down. We know that <clears> his <throat> words mean nothing. That was a pretty good segment. I really, really, really tend not to let, like run a lot of MSNBC on here. Um, I think MSNBC is like brain rot for liberals. But <clears throat> like on this stuff, I feel like that was a pretty a decent segment. Um, here's a Josh Hawley who has an interesting uh, reason for uh, maybe <clears throat> a tepid support of the workers. <laughs> what a fuck out this guy. them. I'm saying that, you know, if they want to go along with all this climate stuff and if they, they being these companies and they want to send more jobs to China, 
I'm certainly not going to defend them. My message to them is quit outsourcing, quit offshoring, stop all of their woke policies, all of their electric garbage, their climate garbage, invest that money in American workers. And if they really can't do both, they should go to the Biden administration and say that rather than being cheerleaders for their pro-China policies. But listen, at the end of the day, I don't feel sorry for them at all, for the companies. They, they've got gobs of money. They need to invest in their workers. So it's not that the, <clears throat> that the companies need to give the workers a raise so much. It's that they need to stop doing the woke shit like climate change. What a dumb fuck. What a dumb fuck. Like this guy could have just been like, oh, I support the workers. I think they need a raise. It's hard. It's hard out there to live, you know, but he had to, he had to do that other thing instead because of course he did. Fucking guy, dude. Here is, um, now we're going to move on a little bit to the shutdown stuff. Here's uh, Kevin McCarthy, uh, mad at the rebellious Republicans. Like, um, look at the problem I created. Uh oh. It's like he's speaking. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy right now. On the floor yesterday that would secure our border, cut wasteful spending. Yes, I did. But I had some members in our own conference that wouldn't vote for that. So if you have members in your conference that won't let you vote for appropriation bills, doesn't want an omnibus, and won't vote for a stopgap measure, so the only answer is to shut down and not pay our troops, I don't want to be a part of that team. I want to be a part of a conservative group that wants to get things done. Yes, sir. Well, that ship already sailed, friend. What's your message to the 21 members who didn't support this and led to this decision? Should they expect to see more votes like this where you work with Democrats and they aren't team players? Look, one thing about me is I'm never giving up on the American people. I'm going to focus on America first, and I'm going to solve those problems. I believe at the end of the day, we'll get them back on board. <laughs> I don't want to be on that team, but actually I'm the, the leader of that team. He can't like, <clears throat> this guy cannot keep his, uh, keep his caucus in line. They won't do what he says. They don't respect him. And, um, <clears throat> and they just don't, you know, uh, to get anything done. If he wants to actually get anything done, that's like moderate and like moderately conservative, he's going to have to bring on some of the like moderate Democrats, but he can't do that because then fucking people would lose their goddamn minds. Here's a Pizzagate, uh, Dan Crenshaw, uh, talking about the extremist Republicans. And it shows people that when you don't play as a team, and you don't make your demands clear ahead of time, like we wanted to do with the border, you're, you're just going to lose. And so they made us lose. It's like they wanted us to lose. So if you're Speaker McCarthy then, what do you do? What are people going to say to him in conference to, I don't know, figure out a way to get these 21 members on board, or if that's even a possibility? No, no, they're, they're gone. They're a lost cause. They're a lost cause. So it's got to be something that... Because we, 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 we had the most conservative... We had a radically conservative bill on the floor. It was so conservative, it was obviously dead in the Senate. Right. So, but it was a good it was a good place to plant our flag and start like that's if you want to win, that's how you have to do it. And a lot of us want to win, like moderate to, to very conservative Freedom Caucus members. We were all on board with that. But these 21 just, just decided to say no. They don't know why. They can't explain why. So you have to then work with Democrats no? to, to figure out a more moderate piece of legislation. Yeah. To keep the government open. I mean, yeah, because like it's not like these 21 are asking for something in particular. It's, it's all kind of, it's kind of old. Yo, the guy who was the moderator of a Facebook group about Pizzagate <laughs> before he went <clears throat> into the, into Congress is like these people crazy. Like that's where we are now. That's where we are now. <laughs> I just, 
I just want to just want to let everybody know that that's that's where we're at now. <laughs> Fucking wild times. What a time to be alive. <clears throat> Here's uh, Stephen Miller on the Charlie Kirk show, uh, and he's talking about uh, deporting people because that's what he talks about. One of the look, we live in a modern era. We have a lot of people that want to go to work. Round them up, kick them out, go home, go make Honduras great again. Since you're such a blessing to America, Stephen, thank you so much. Wonderful work. We'll have you on again. Wait, what? Well, that was weird. Let's try this again. One of the... There we go. One of the things that... This is live, everybody. Center-right Vichy French Republicans is that deportation is radical. It's not radical. Israel deports people all the time. I want a immigration system that Israel has. Why does Israel get a wall, get borders? Why do they get to deport foreigners that commit crimes? Um, because they're an apartheid state. Well, we don't because we are not a serious country and we are a suicidal country. Stephen, when I see the people come across the border, it demoralizes me. It's like this daily slit of my wrists. Every day, somebody is like slitting my wrists, this slow bleed of the republic. Stephen, when Trump is president again as the 47th president of the United States, how do we deport 30 million people? Well, your first priority for deportation needs to be to send a message to the world and for many other reasons needs to be all of the illegal aliens who entered the country under Joe Biden so that you immediately send the message to the whole of the planet that because um, someday there of course will be uh, another far left president and that far left president will open the border and you need to send a message to the world that even if you come here and even if you get in you're still going to be deported from the country. And we don't know how large that number is going to be. Of course, you'll pick up an enormous number of what they call collaterals when you're making those arrests. So you have to imagine, you know, if you, if you went to say, you raided like a uh, agricultural plant that had, say a meatpacking center that had one Biden illegal, you'd probably pick up 10 other illegals at the same time. So you'll get an enormous number of collaterals. But that number, and it's unknowably large because it's of course your releases, uh, your gotaways, and then all of the people who are overstaying their visas, which nobody even talks about. But, but since ICE has been disabled from deporting visa overstays, there's millions more illegals that no one is even aware of or thinking about or even having a conversation about. In order to, to, to carry out a deportation operation of that scale, you would need to involve the U.S. military, which is why President Trump often talks about the Eisenhower model where the last time the U.S. military. <clears throat> no, no, no. Um, um, I'm pretty sure that's, um, um, that we have laws against using the military for things like that. Large-scale deportation operation. So also the reason why President Trump has talked about invoking the Alien Enemies Act, which is um, a law that was passed in the late 18th century during the Adams presidency that allows you to instantaneously remove any non-citizen foreigner from an invading country uh, age 14 or older. So it doesn't apply to the entire, um, all the demographics of illegal alien groups, but it applies to those 14 and older. And so it would be particularly useful in contexts where you have large amounts of gang members and drug dealers and other criminal offenders who are overwhelmingly going to be over that age threshold. And so that allows you to suspend the due process 
that normally Wait, applies to a removal proceeding. Most yeah, this is uh, this is this is fascist shit. Suspending suspending due process for anybody is just fascist shit. Realize who haven't worked in immigration enforcement how bureaucratic that process is, or the fact that all illegal aliens have the ability under current practice and procedure not only to appeal their deportations, but if they get the right kind of lawyer and they get the right kind of judge, they can even get their deportation appealed into federal Article Three appellate courts. In other words, out of the immigration courts, which are under DOJ, and into regular federal court. And so you can have a single deportation for a single alien get all the way to the United States Supreme Court. That's how bureaucratic the system has become. And so you need to then invoke extraordinary powers to overcome that. And then you need to mobilize the U.S. military, state, federal, and local law enforcement to then carry out large-scale deportations across the whole country. And then you would need to build very large staging facilities to carry out the removals. Because, you know, logistically, what a lot of people don't, think about or realize is that if a if a deportation team goes to a particular house and arrests an illegal alien family, so say a mother, a father, and four children, there's not like there's a plane on a tarmac that's just like 10 minutes away ready to take them. And even if there was, it wouldn't be a very efficient use of resources, right, to have an entire chartered aircraft for a single family unit. So you need to then build massive staging facilities so that you can efficiently remove people plane full at a time or we're applicable busload if, if it's going to go back to Mexico at a time. And so it would be yeah, this a, is terrifying. an undertaking yep. that would be greater than any national infrastructure project that we've done to date, but that's what we have to do. Well, but look, we live in a modern era. We have a lot of people that want to go to work. Round them up. Kick them out. Go home. Go make Honduras great again since you're such a blessing to America. Stephen, thank you so much. Wonderful work. We'll have you on again. Whoa, whoa, that's crazy. Let's hope that guy never gets anywhere near any kind of fucking power. Because that's fucking crazy. Um, <clears throat> it, that's a gigantic undertaking. And um, the idea that we're just going to, you know, basically put a bunch of people on uh, uh, buses or somebody in the chat said trains or uh, aircraft. Like that's madness just complete fucking madness i can't i can't even imagine i can't imagine doing that it doesn't seem doesn't seem possible like even just logistically much less of course like the 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 other problems with it the fucking uh, how it rhymes with uh, other things that have happened in in uh, world history not a lot to say there um, here's, uh, here's from, I think Fox and friends and friends and friends and friends and friends. Uh, here's Brian Kilmeade, um, uh, climate expert. And it's unbelievable that the United Nations, they say this is great. Yeah. That's all they talk about. Even Zelensky was talking about climate change mm -hmm. and countries being flooded. So what are you Pope. talking about? Isn't absolutely incredible. Well, uh, what did, how, how crazed people are with this climate change and Libya is now coping with major flooding that has wiped out entire villages and reportedly killed thousands of people. Video from the region, you can see it there, shows buildings collapsed, cars submerged, torrents of water rushing through the streets. The Libyan Nation National Army 
And a health official say more than 2,000 people are dead, five to 6,000 missing. A climate catastrophe unfolding in Pakistan. It's being called a monster monsoon, and this is why. Floodwaters so powerful, they brought down a multi-story building, washing away bridges and homes and crops. People wading neck deep in water. Rescuers are using whatever they can find, in this case, a bed frame and some rope to pull people to safety. Heavy rains that started in June are causing flash floods all along the Indus River. Newly released satellite images show the before and after. We have nothing left. We lost everything, this woman says. The numbers are staggering. 33 million affected, more than 3 million displaced, and 119 killed overnight Saturday alone, pushing the toll to more than 1,000 dead. Yeah, <clears throat> Brian Kilmeade obviously doesn't know what he's talking about. Decoding Fox News does a great job of like taking a Fox News segment and then sort of showing what's going on like regarding that there's a lot of trouble i don't know <clears throat> if the flood specifically was uh, created by climate change but these things are becoming more common and um you know experts in the field uh, certainly uh are near unanimous in their uh, their analysis that this stuff is getting worse because of climate change up next we got a uh, fox news tried to do a segment on i believe uh, scary cities and it didn't really go as planned. The people who lived in the cities weren't uh, scared. Jesse sent Johnny to the progressive hellscape where residents mocked the idea that the city is spiraling out of control. I've never seen any crime in Seattle. I've never seen any of it. I've seen fun and laughter and laughter and fun. I don't believe that number. People, they're, you know, getting robbed out here, carjacked. I've never heard of anyone getting robbed. Crime is a social issue that could be solved by giving people their basic needs. It's not a thing that happens just on the street. People don't just come up and try to rob people on the street. Do you walk around every day like someone's going to rob me every second? Seattle decriminalized drug use and then they criminalize it again. Oh my God, who are you getting these facts from? You're from New York. Apparently you're listening to the wrong people. I saw a lot of people shooting up on my way down here. Oh, did you? Okay. And they were bothering you? I was in a car, but you know, people- Oh, oh no, people you're in a car. Oh no, they were hurting you so bad. Oh no. <laughs> Shout out to the good people of Seattle for like just goofing on these dorks. <clears throat> She's like, are you around? Do you, do you live here? She's like, are you dealing with this? She's like, that's fine with, fine with me. I like it here. <laughs> yeah, people like people who live in cities like Seattle and fucking New York and Chicago and San Francisco and LA, they fucking, a lot of those people love those cities. It's a home. It's fucking, and you're not like, like small little, you know, increases in uh, property crime and even violent crime isn't going to stop those people from loving those cities. Like, shit just happens. Sorry. Here's, a, here's Mike Flynn on uh, Don Jr.'s show trying to get a word in edgewise with Don Jr. Your oh, oh if there's someone yeah. that can, it's it's me. Yeah. But but yeah. you know, but we're also blessed, you know, to have let's call it a war chest to be able to fight it. I mean, I you know, my right. defense for treason, a crime punishable by I mean, I probably spent 
uh, you know, well over a million dollars on bullshit. Yeah. I didn't, it doesn't have to be true. They, but I have the head of the intelligence committee on TV lying about me, the head of the this, the that, of the that. They're on there, you know, and then the mainstream media carries the narrative. There's no consequence to them because they say, well, we're just reporting what those guys said. I mean, they altered my emails. I mean, this is all you know, just objectively fact at this point, but it didn't matter. Yeah. And they went after you the same way because by, oh, he's a traitor. He's working for this. Well, anyone who knows that's not the case is like, well, I'm not, I can't defend a trade. We just got to exactly. see how this plays out. So even if you don't believe it, they get you to be silent. So you're out there alone well, taking the slings and arrows. They go after speaking you. Speaking of silent, your guest is awful silent because you won't shut up. You know, for me, we could fight the war chest. We were, you know, uh, uh, unlike yeah, the Bidens, and, and, we yeah, were business and, people. We had money. We could, we could fight it. And it's, <laughs> yeah. again, m- millions of dollars. But they go after you. So uh, uh, thanks for inviting me on your show to listen to you talk endlessly. <laughs> Mike Flynn likes to talk, too, so he probably wasn't too happy with that at all. Because Mike Flynn, if you let him go, man, he'll just fucking talk forever, too. It's like a, um, it's like a, like two trains running into each other. Um, in some labor news, um, looks like some pharmacists at uh, CVS have uh, walked out of uh, 22 CVS stores in the Kansas City area. I spoke with multiple CVS employees and pharmacists who all wish to remain anonymous due to fear of retaliation. Their complaint stems from CVS's staffing, which is, quote, placing extra strain on pharmacists. This includes cutting technicians' hours, whose primary job is to assist the pharmacists. And I'm told that in oftentimes there's a lot of these locations that only have one pharmacist running the entire thing. On September 21st, a viewer who had an appointment to get a vaccine and flu shot sent us this photo of a Jefferson City CVS that had its doors closed and a note that read, quote, due to a lack of staff and support from corporate, we are unable to give vaccines today. We will, however, stay open to help our patients. The note asked people to call CVS to advocate for workers. It was one of the many locations across Missouri that closed its doors to protest the current working conditions. CVS had to pull pharmacists from other locations to help cover the shifts. One pharmacist who was forced to cover one of these shifts told ABC 17, quote, I was there all by myself. We were 82 pages behind. Each page represents 15 scripts. They also added that they had to cover the pharmacy by themselves for three straight days. According to a former CVS district manager, these issues have been going on for multiple years. Another pharmacist told me that the scheduling burden is dangerous for patients because it takes their primary focus away from getting the correct prescriptions, other tasks such as answering the phones, working the drive throughs and giving flu shots. The walkouts and scheduling issues have had a direct impact on CVS's ability to give vaccines and flu shots. One anonymous employee told me, quote, There were stores that were open today with over 125 vaccinations to do today with one pharmacist on top of their regular workload. An employee who has worked for CVS for 15 years told me today that the walkouts are expected to continue on September 27th. And this includes locations across Missouri, including Kansas City, Columbia, Jefferson City, as well as Burbank, California, and multiple locations in Oklahoma. Reporting live in Columbia, Mitchell Kaminsky, ABC 17 News. Yep. So I don't know who these, like the pharmacists that had to come from, like out of the area, like did they get extra pay? How far did they have to drive? Like, and then one pharmacist working in the whole fucking CVS where there was like a hundred appointments, hundred or more appointments for vaccinations. Plus they have to try to fill the fucking prescriptions and shit. Like, yo, people are going to 
people are going to die because of behind this shit, right? Like if there's no, if you can't get your meds because the, there's just nobody there to fill the prescription, you, you could potentially die. So uh, good on the workers for, uh, you know, kind of standing up to corporate. And I hope that uh, the fucking CVS company does something about this because I'm sure they make plenty of money. I'm sure they're a f very profitable organization and I figure maybe they could staff up a little bit. This next one, uh, Kiko actually sent it to me. It's a judge from Oklahoma was arrested after a road rage incident in Austin, Texas. Don't drive angry, folks. If you're angry, just don't drive. Also here at 6, a longtime Garfield County judge arrested in Texas. According to Austin police, Judge Brian Lovell fired at several cars before he was involved in an alleged road rage crash. News 4's Adria Goins has details on his arrest. She joins us now live in studio. Adria? Heather, Judge Lovell faces charges of reckless driving and discharging a firearm after this incident on September 11th. Now, we went to his home today to ask him what happened. Judge Lovell was at his home in Wacomas Wednesday when we knocked on his door. Hi, I'm Adria with News 4. And we're going to ask you a little bit about the situation that happened last week. Thank you. He did not respond to our questions about the incident. Lovell was arrested last week for a series of events unfolding on Austin, Texas streets, nearly 500 miles from his home. According to this affidavit, witnesses say they saw Lovell fire shots in as many as five cars at this intersection. Witnesses saying a man driving a white SUV left the scene. Police then got a second call of a road rage crash about a mile and a half away. According to the affidavit, Lovell driving a white SUV slammed into the back of a woman's car. The two got into an argument and Lovell reportedly intentionally hit her car a second time, Whoa. attempting to push her vehicle into oncoming traffic. Police found a gun and magazine in his SUV. He reportedly told officers he did not know why he would have shot his gun and could not recall any part of the shooting incident. Lovell was sworn in as a special district judge in Garfield County in January of 2011. Earlier this year, he was promoted to an associate district judge. His longtime colleague, Judge Paul Woodward, would not speak on camera. He told me he would not comment until he has all the facts, saying Lovell has not presided over any cases since the incident last week. Well, Judge Woodward says that it will be up to the Oklahoma State Supreme Court to recommend any disciplinary action. Man, if I did all that shit, I wouldn't be at home, right? You wouldn't be at home either. You'd be sitting in a cell. Why the fuck did that guy? Why is what the fuck? That, that, that was like several violent crimes, and that guy's just at home. You know, I'm not big on the carceral state, but I mean, you know, sounds like a dude's a bit of a danger to uh, the community, and might be might not be the best idea to just have him kind of out and about, <laughs> maybe doing more road rage. Up next, we're gonna check in on. Um, I mean. A lot of really bad things in this world come from Redding, California, Shasta, Shasta County, California. And uh, Sean Foyt, or as we call him around here, Sean Fucked, is uh, no exception. Here's, um, here's him. We're just going to check in on him. This is, this is weird. This is bizarre. All right. I just got off a TV interview about this, and I am fired up. Knott's Berry Farm here in California, which has hosted family-friendly entertainment for years, this Halloween is hosting a demonic, all-ages, 
sex orgy LGBTQ show. There's a sex orgy at Knott's Berry Farm. Let's go. Shoving it down our throats. Listen, this is the same place where revival broke out in the 70s during the Jesus Revolution. Love songs sang there. Now it's turned into a den of demons. Comment below. Let's push back. Let's hold our. <laughs> Knott's Berry Farm is going to have a Satan, a Satanism, and an orgy. An all-ages orgy at Knott's Berry Farm. I, I get the feeling that they're just having a Halloween concert. Um, I know that, I know, I'm probably probably just biased. What with my uh, Live, Laugh, Lucifer uh, items in the shop and whatnot. I'm probably just biased, but I it's probably just a fucking Halloween concert. Here's a Lance Wallenu. He's going to be like, he doesn't have any idea of why... Uh, Anybody's criticizing Trump while there are literal demons uh, running this nation. I don't care if the church doesn't support politics or Trump so long as they know that demons are running the country and that our lethargy, our ignorance, our, 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 our distraction. You know, I read these stupid articles by Christians about, well, we're looking for people of sterling character. You are, you're beyond the issue of whether you have your own personality preferences in this fight. The devil's picked the fight, my friend. The enemy has set it up so that he's coming after you. If Trump's the only guy you've got running, then maybe God set it up so you've got to get past your religious foibles and recognize there's bigger issues going on here than your predilections regarding pious candidates. Well, Yep, there's literal demons. There's the enemy, Satan. You gotta get past your little foibles about people's character because there's a fucking Satan. Here is the superintendent of Oklahoma schools. Um, trying to get somebody fired for uh, basically what they do in their spare time. This is, of course, uh, on Newsmax. You get school board members that are more concerned with being woke, more concerned with these radical sexual revolutionaries and plugging them into schools than they are actual academics. And so what we've called on, I've been really clear, this principal should be fired immediately. We've already seen this principal has hired another drag queen to work underneath him at the school. Wow. This has to be rooted out immediately. You know, we, we do always do talk about how the left is infiltrating the schools. And I'm so glad that you said even in red states, because people, you know, in, in places like Oklahoma may feel like they are that they are immune to this. You have called for his dismissal, um, but the district is opposing you. They're dragging their high heels, so to speak. What oh, a bad joke. What can you do or what can the parents do? Well, what we've done is we've been putting tremendous pressure on the school board, on the superintendent. Parents have been showing up at the school board meeting. This school board has to act immediately. We have moral turpitude clause in our teachers' contracts because what we've got to do is we have to put parents in a place where they feel like their school districts are actually focused on academics. This is about do you trust your kids in schools? And this is why you see so many parents around the country that say, I don't. I do have real concerns. Well, in Oklahoma, we're going to fight back on this. We see Joe Biden pushing these type of policies. They want this gender theory in our schools. We've seen George Soros for years fund school board elections. Oh, George Soros. It's time for conservatives and parents to take your school boards back, take your schools back. Mm. We are going to continue to do this in Oklahoma. I'm not going to allow a drag queen to run a school here in Oklahoma. We are going to fix this problem, and we're going to move on into making sure that this doesn't happen again. Right. So, <clears throat> 
this person just does drag in their spare time, like on the weekends, like at a parties or clubs or whatever, I'm sure, right? They're because like a drag queen, it's just all about the fashion, baby. So that's they can they can do whatever they want in their spare time as long as they're not hurting anybody and doing a drag performance ain't hurting anybody. So I don't know why you're trying to fire them for just fucking engaging in a like a kind of fashion show you don't like. Speaking of schools, this is from the Glendora Unified School District. This is um interesting to say the least. Good evening, board. Um, interesting that tonight the terms bullying, hatred, and harassment were brought up along with kindness. Because I've recently been made aware of a couple websites that have been created with the sole purpose of targeting and doxing conservatives, who they've egregiously labeled far-right fascists. They label us in this hateful way for just wanting to protect our children. Their intent is clear. It is to dox those of us. So this is, we've been noticing this at the Shasta Board of Soups meeting lately too, is that there's just a lot of like personal grievance being put on display at these local government meetings. That they put on the website, which is the intention of putting out personal information to cause harm to us and our families. This is very much a threat to our safety. The very groups of people from the left who requested the anti-hate policy are part of the same group of people who created this website. I also have proof that they are connected to Antifa. <laughs> this is fucking amazing. What is this? I added Glendora to our um, list of uh, things for uh, the, the public comment uh, thing on Tuesday night, by the, the group way. that terrorizes conservatives and Christians. As you can see, I, along with other members of our Glendora community, are on this target list. And that includes you, Gary Clifford, Shauna Elias, Bob Kuhn, myself, and others. Here's a quote from a trusted source on Telegram regarding this chart. A trusted source on Telegram regarding this chart. This is amazing. This is fucking amazing. What was the date on this? 925-23. We're probably going to watch this whole meeting on Tuesday night. Have created a well-funded website to begin doxing far-right extremist school. Well-funded website? How much do they think it costs to run a website? Board protesters that include pictures, names, organizations, nonprofits, social media accounts, and more in hopes of ousting known fascists this is the hate label they have assigned to us conservative parents and community members for just wanting to protect our children how is this inclusive or uniting it's not it's only hateful and dividing <laughs> oh they uh so they're they're talking about um this this the charty b it's a, a pretty good pretty good twitter follow it's at the charty b um that's amazing. She had a chart. It wasn't the Mesa pattern of fraud, but she did have a chart. And um, like they're targeting us. Everybody's always being targeted. Anyway, here's a, there's some labor action also going on in the UK. And here's a Jonathan Pye uh, talking about the labor action in the UK. Wait, this is from nine months ago. We're going to skip this. Um, I didn't know this was from nine months ago. <clears throat> 
Anyway, we're going to move on. It's actually, this one's about fishing. These people are, um, this is uh, Piers Morgan, known fishing enthusiast, uh, talking about uh, trans uh, people uh, participating in fishing. I know, uh, I bet Piers Morgan's just big on competitive fishing, big fishing enthusiast. His angling team have refused to compete in this year's World Championships. Oh, great website you got here, Twitter. See if we can get this to play another way. His angling team have refused to compete in this year's World Championships. The decision comes off. Yeah, this clip's broken. A former male rugby player was picked for the team. Well, England's okay, well, um, anyway, uh, Piers Morgan's mad at um, uh, trans people being allowed to participate in fishing. Sorry about that. Again, this is uh, this show is live, so <laughs> these things do happen. Here is uh, at a Turning Point USA event. Um, Dennis Prager is going to talk about bringing people to religion. I have brought more Americans to Christianity than ever, any living Christian. Okay, uh, that is that I know that for a fact. I brought more Jews to Judaism than any living Jew. Uh, so I know how to make the case for God and Bible and religion really effectively. <laughs> no, he didn't. Imagine, like, just imagine saying that that I've brought more people of a religion that I'm not even that religion to the that religion, and then saying that. Uh, Oh, also, in my religion, I've brought more people to my religion than anybody who's alive right now. Like, how would you even quantify that? Sounds like uh, something like bullshit. So, <clears throat> there's uh, rumors now that uh, RFK Jr. is going to run uh, as like a third or like an alternative party candidate. And, um, well, Charlie Kirk mad. Um, I figure Charlie Kirk mad because he knows which uh, candidate that will pull uh, votes from, and it ain't going to be Joe Biden. But far more of the I don't trust the government brigade would vote for RFK Jr. if he were to run as a libertarian, which then begs the question, why are there so many articles out of nowhere? Ex nihilo pushing RFK Jr. saying he's going to hurt Biden. This feels like an op, a scheme, a strategy, a machination, a plot, a ploy, where they're trying to convince you that this is bad for Biden to run as a libertarian. Now, let's just think about this. Is there any evidence, any evidence, that when a libertarian runs for office, it hurts Democrats. Any evidence? No. In fact, libertarians being on the ballot almost always hurt Republicans. And we know that. But it isn't that he, it, it wouldn't matter if he ran like unaffiliated or as an independent. It's the, 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 that his crossover is greater with Trump voters than with Biden voters. And that's why he would take votes away from Trump. It's not, it wouldn't matter if he runs as a libertarian or fucking peace and freedom party or what the fuck ever. Like it's, it's that his crossover is more on that side. We see it in so many different states. Libertarian being on the ballot hurt Donald Trump in Arizona and Georgia in 2020 and hurt us in the Kelly Loeffler, David Perdue Senate race. So now the media is trying to convince you because of some flimsy polling. And again, I am receiving hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails 
Charlie Love RFK Jr. He's a man of his own ideas. He should have Trump should pick him as his vice president. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. No, he should not. That's a bad idea. And RFK Jr. said that he wouldn't accept it. I don't think he's going to run as a third party, but I mean, that'd be pretty fucking cool if he did, because that would almost guarantee a Biden victory, because he would definitely pull a lot of like the, the anti-vaxxers who were a little mad at Trump for uh, um, Operation Warp Speed or whatever. He could definitely pull a sizable number of those people away, especially in places like Pennsylvania, Michigan, Arizona, Nevada. I say, I say you should go for it. Anyway, here's uh, Michael Knowles. Has some uh, election advice for uh, everybody for 2024. What differentiates Asa Hutchinson from all the rest? What differentiates him from Doug Burgum or Chris Christie? I mean, he's not, not guys that are polling very high right now. Asa Hutchinson said that he would trans the kids. That's the difference. And so what we're being told by all the genius GOP consultants is we got to turn away from the culture war issues. We've got to focus in on the bread and butter dinner table issues. No one wants to hear about transing the kids or anything like that. That is the issue that was decisive in this case. That is the issue that destroyed Asa Hutchinson's career. That is the issue that got Glenn Youngkin elected governor in Virginia. That is the issue one of two, that is one of two issues that made Ron DeSantis the number two guy in this presidential race, having been relatively unknown just a few years ago in Florida. This is not just some fringe online thing. Transing the kids resonates nationwide and motivates people to go out and vote. Yep. I, I suggest they run on that culture war shit. <clears throat> I agree with uh, Michael Knowles. Because they tried to do it in 2022, and everybody thought that uh, they were going to do a lot better than they did in 2022. They uh, underperformed in 2022 because it was just wall-to-wall culture war shit. And uh, historically, that's just not been um, good. Well, actually, when either party runs almost exclusively on culture war shit, it's usually to their detriment, especially in a presidential election. So we got one more. Um, everybody knows about that. Uh, Barry Weiss's fake University of Austin, which is basically run by um, basically uh, you have to have been on Epstein's flight logs to uh, been hired there. Well, don't worry. Majority Pete's got one, too. It would be funny if we could blow apart the university system a little bit because it's broken mm-hmm. because of what it did to you. Like you were alienated out of your job, basically. You'll be damn fortunate if we can provide you with a list of people who've graduated. And if you had any sense, you'll employ them preferentially because we did the rigorous screening work. I know how to do the rigorous screening work because I studied that for like 25 years. A degree from our university will signify high-level conscientiousness and general cognitive ability, and those are very valuable for any employer with a clue. So I think we can just skip the accreditation process and go right to the employers. We are planning a soft launch in November, and we might be able to change the education system. Mm -hmm. That's funny. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Yeah. Up yours, woke moralist. Yeah. We'll see who cancels who. Exactly. That sort of funny. That, that kind of funny. Oh yeah, that kind uh, of funny. Uh, hilarious. Oh my god. It's going to be like some unaccredited shit where like you don't even go anywhere. It's going to be like a fucking diploma mill, and then he's going to be like, I, I fucking did them for conscientiousness and uh, 
ability to pay my fee. I'm sorry, I mean um, uh, intellectual ability. It's been a hell of a week again, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, what a whimsical song to end on, as someone said in the chat right there. How whimsical, not terrifying, just uh, how whimsical. So that's <clears throat> been the regular part of the show. We are giving away the, the rest of the show for free this week. Uh, go to patreon.com slash echoplex. And while you're there, consider signing up or you can sign up at eplex.store. Um, get the same benefits as Patreon. It's probably actually better to sign up over at eplex.store. Fourth wall, I get, I get a slightly better cut, but more importantly, you automatically get a discount on the stuff in our swag shop. That's eplex.store. This has been another episode of the Plex. I am going to change the color of the lights in this room, change the contents of my beverage, and uh, we'll be back with red light. This uh, is, as always, uh, Boomers by Periscope. I'll see everybody on the flip side.
can't get enough Echoplex and want to keep the conversation going with the hosts and community when we're not live, then join our Discord server at discord.me slash Echoplex. We have text channels, voice channels, meme repositories, and a whole section of screenshots that we don't even remember where they came from. Come join the now space on Discord at discord.me slash Echoplex.